Hey everybody, welcome to episode 16 of the Cyberbullies podcast. I'm Ken Wartz and I'm joined by... Kyle Reese Mandel. For anyone that missed episode 15 up on all the on iTunes podcasting sites, please subscribe, rate us. You're uh, uh, on Gravely today. Gravely? Yeah, I didn't know. I was up late. You sound like a man. I was up late last night. Oh. M- building your platform bed? <laughs> I was. Were you turning actually. it into splinters like Patrick Ewing? <laughs> this elbow cock. That made me laugh again <laughs> when I heard it. <laughs> I did. I listened to last week's episode twice. I thought it was so funny. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. It, I don't. Does that make us even bigger losers that we listen to our own podcast? I, I honestly like John and Audrey's takes on stuff. So, yeah. uh, but I think they bring out the best in us. Like, I agree. It allows us to hate each other thoroughly. <laughs> Twitter. So join us on Twitter. Uh, send us an email. Cyberbillyspodcast at gmail dot com. So in episode fifteen, we watched Jody Arias colon Dirty Little Secret. Once again, I'd like to thank John and Audrey for joining us. So much fun. As always, tried to answer the following questions. Uh, do motivational speakers have bosses? Yeah, I'm still, <laughs> I'm not convinced by any, well, I shouldn't say not any of it, but it is a multi-level marketing scheme, but they don't make clear what they're selling, really. Right. They don't make clear that he's there to pump up the salesman rather than there to change people's lives. Right, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. is he Steve Ballmer or is he right, exactly. Tony Robbins? Yeah, is he getting people excited for you know Windows XP or... <laughs> Is he there to like walk hot over hot coals? Because he's like, you know, envision what you want. Because she's there. Why is she there? We never established why Jody Arias goes to this. That's a great point. I never thought about it till just now because she's a photographer. Holy shit. How did we miss that one? Pro- how did we miss it? <laughs> Amazingly enough, with a two hour podcast, we somehow forgot something. <laughs> like a major play. Fucking what the idiots. So he must have been like a Tony Robbins then. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so that when he has a boss later, it is really does make no sense. All right. Well, I'm glad we got to have figured out. Guys, we answered that question. This is why Ken does this to remind us all the dumb shit we forgot. A uh, uh, second question is, uh, what exactly is the Mormon art of soaking <laughs> and or floating? I love the idea of the art. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, not, it is. It's definitely not science. Do not thrust... Yeah, to just like I don't understand like I get it what it is, right, but right. you're not you're not stupid. But why? What I love about it is the idea that like she's in a harness and is lowered onto his penis <laughs> like but, a piece of equipment. I mean like all and right. he, and then he just waits. Right. So is it, uh, And you're telling me he's not ejaculating? Well, that's the my first question. But technically to get in there the first time is technically a thrust. It, it, but even okay, so even if he doesn't push But is right? thrusting once insertion this like, that's illegal? It sounds like it. But it sounds like she's doing the dropping. Like, she's using gravity rather than Oh, thrusting. so she's on top. Oh, for sure. Okay. That was the way I always pictured it. Okay. But <laughs> I'm a feminist. That's partially why. Okay. Fair but, enough. But, like, I, that's why I see her being lowered onto it, though. Like, right. like they have yes, like, a, like... like, they have the special underwear. They have a special, like, sling. <laughs> there's, like a, there's, like, a floating sling <laughs> that they have to buy for their multi-level marketing scheme. I don't know. She but, wears like water wings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're underwater. <laughs> She's got a helmet on. It's got to fall. Also, what I also love, or I don't get, is how does he not ejaculate immediately? Right. Like if you've never had sex, yes, you don't have to do much thrusting. No. I mean, some guys don't do any at all anyway. <laughs> but, That's true. <laughs> all right. And then of course, someone's gonna ask, "How do you know, Kyle? Oh, how do Jesus. you know?" And uh, last question is: uh, Old three hole the proper way to describe a lady. 
<laughs> Depends on what lady you're talking about. <laughs> is that something that somebody ever said? I don't think so. <laughs> Did make me laugh though. It's that was the weird thing about that movie too, where it just veered so wildly in tone. Oh, it was crazy. Like just out of nowhere, totally explicit, and then the rest of the movie, like they're just implying and uh, yeah. But I, you know, I, I realized after uh, listening to the podcast, I didn't like Katie in that movie at all. No, she's she sucked. That was John's point. Like she makes a hilarious joke about being like molested. Yeah. Or or, JK. or yeah. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm gonna come over and we're gonna eat popcorn. <laughs> like, yeah. What? Eat shit. Yeah. Katie. She was the worst. All right, so we tried to answer those questions and more, so give the lesson if you haven't already. Uh, what does it say about us that we'd rather date Jody Arias than me? Oh, my. <laughs> like, we're just being truthful. <laughs> oh, great. So the movie we chose for episode 16 is 2005's The Perfect Neighbor. So this stars Barbara, is it Niven, Niven or Niven? Niven. Niven? Niven as... It's neither and neither. <laughs> Donna Germain. That was her last name? Yeah. Oh, my God. Corn IMDb it was. Donna uh, Germain. She's apparently on a show called Chesapeake Shores, which I've never heard of. I wish her name was Donna Germajesty. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, it, 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 honestly, Chesapeake Shores sounds like a show you would make up. Yeah, it does. Like, when I saw that, I went, mm. <laughs> Uh, uh, she's in a bunch of TV movies. She really isn't yeah. anything I've. No, she hammers really the TV she's movies. She's a terrible though. actress. We'll get into it. Uh, it also stars Perry King as William Costigan, which is Leo's character's name. In oh, the, I know. The Depotted. Ken, it's gonna come up. <laughs> I, I think Leo might be a celebrity. In it <laughs> yeah, just I, Adam, just maybe. This one was a tough one. So uh, that dude was handsome, though. Like this is why you said earlier it was a perfect Lifetime movie. Yeah, he is like the perfect silver he, fox. He really is. He's so handsome. He's super handsome. Yeah, and he like he gives off the vibe he wants to fuck everybody. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I almost don't blame uh, Donna Your Majesty. Yeah. He's uh he's in the day after tomorrow. He wasn't in a bunch, but he's in a bunch of bad seventies and eighties movies. Class yeah. of nineteen eighty four. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's him. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even realize that. This is what happens when I do research. Yeah, I should have looked him up. I yeah. didn't think of that. Uh, this also stars Susan Blakely as Jeannie Costigan. Second appearance in the uh, podcast. Uh, yeah. What else was she in? Oh wait, she's in a lost episode. What? I believe she's the mom and Coe call girl. Oh, 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 that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, uh, she, you know, she plays like basically the same lady. Right. She's, <laughs> oh, yeah. She, you know what she is? Because I remember talking about this. She's in, uh, she's the mom in Over the Top. Yes. Yes. Uh, as Sly's ex wife. She's also in This Is Us, which I don't watch that. But, oh, she's in there? Yeah, that's what it said. I only watched like a few of them, but. All right. So uh, what else do you have for us? All right, Ken, before we continue. Yes. So listeners may not know this, but you've moved into a new abode. I have. And I have purchased for you a housewarming gift. I now am, am within a mile of the mud den. Yeah, it's which means we could do more frequent podcasts. Right. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Barely shit these out as it is. Uh, so I'd like you to open your gift on air. Okay. So you can describe what you're so doing. It's in a, a, uh, a plain brown box. About the size of a, uh, yeah. of, I don't know. It's a square box. So it's, uh, it's not it, a rectangle. I open it. It feels like a pillow. <laughs> oh, my God. It is a pillow. <laughs> this is probably the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life. It is a pillow of the picture of Huey Lewis in the news that we talk about every episode with the time-traveling agent. <laughs> so you have two throw pillows oh that have God. the greatest hits, Huey Lewis in the news greatest hits cover. And we'll be taking a picture for it for the podcast, but this is <laughs> so, this is the greatest thing. It's going to go in my platform bed that I built. No, I want it in the living room. Oh, want... you want it in the living room? Oh, of course. Oh, all right, absolutely. 
Oh my god, thank you so much. It's, you are welcome. It's fucking <laughs> I love I love 2018 that you can make something like this. Yeah. You know what's and crazy? Get it within a week or whatever. Yeah, right. I did this last week. When I went to order it, they were like, Your image may be too blurry to me. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, no shit. I don't fucking care. You know how hard it was to find a high res scan? Well, yeah, when somebody fucking travels through time, it's blurry <laughs> when they come out. That's one of his Child, That's a, it like makes sure that the camera makes it look appropriate to the time. Like you could never make the photo better. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. This is you're welcome. An awesome gift. I, my original. I almost. I tried to do a fat head of it. Oh my god. I wanted. I wanted to make it like so expensive. huge. I know, but it was like two hundred dollars to make yeah, with the size those of your are wall. So expensive. It's crazy. So, the, needless to say, these were cheaper. It's awesome. You're welcome, and uh, we'll put it up on the Facebook yes, page. It's time. To go all the way back <laughs> to April 11th, 2005. I mean, 13 years ago. It's not right around the corner. Nah, you know what? You're right. The energy just comes through. <laughs> I guess it does look better on the TV. Like when you. when you, yeah, yeah. I can't wait to take a nap on Louis, Huey Lewis's face. <laughs> You have a girl come over, she's just be humping it. So. <laughs> it, it. But I used that image. That's the one. And I don't know why they were able to. It could be on my TV. You know why? Because, it, first of all, it, I never knew that the image says greatest hits on the bottom. Like oh, the you're. Yeah. So I think the picture's a little. And maybe there's banded. just a photo without the album title on it. I love it. It doesn't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what I was trying to do. I couldn't find it. I knew what it was immediately. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I can't argue with that. All right, Ken. So since we've done 2005 a couple of times, I think in in yeah. one of the lost episodes, possibly a lot of bad lifetime movies in 2005. Jesus, it, or I think they were just cranking them out. Like, yeah, for sure. America's very depressed. So we're going to start with the charts in video games. Yes, the best-selling video game. Now I was still gaming at this point. So oh, I you might... were a gamer. Yeah, I was a gamer up until I think Xbox One. Which I bought Xbox okay. One, and then the games went off the charts complicated. And I don't know I, what year that is, though. Uh, Like, maybe like five years ago. Okay. And then the games, I just couldn't keep up with how intricate and intense the games were. Yeah. It, it is like a minefield. So, I, I gave up. Yeah, I mean, you, and you did serve in NOM, so it was all very dramatic. <laughs> um, so, the number one video game, the week of April 11th, 2005. Okay. So, the closer we get in time, the easier it is to find charts for things, that, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know if I could find a best-selling video game chart from 1988. I will try. Yeah. I would love to see that. I think it would I would be... love to see where Rygar <laughs> charted. Law of the West. Uh, all right. So, was it Metal Gear Acid? Okay. For- PlayStation Portable. Okay. PSP. Yes. Yeah. Ape Escape colon on the loose. <laughs> yeah. For PlayStation. Okay. PS2. It just said PlayStation. All right. So I, it, but yeah, it's whatever the current. Yeah. All right. Calm down. <laughs> Feel the magic XY slash XX mm-hmm. for Sega. Okay. I assume it's made by Sega. I don't know. What, yeah, what there wasn't a platform at that time. Yeah, so it's probably both. That's mm-hmm. why it's XYXX. Okay. So you can play it on PlayStation or Xbox. Jesus. Or MLB for PSP. All right, so we got... Metal Gear Acid, Ape Escape on the Loose, Feel the Magic, and MLB. Now, two of those were for 
PSP. Correct. So this is across all platforms. Yeah. I don't. I don't think computers. I think it's only console gaming. Right. Okay. Uh, I mean, not that it matters, but just in case you were wondering. I know those Metal Ge- Gear games are huge, but if it's only, so, there, it's it's not just for Metal Gear was across all platforms, not just PSP. The way I read the chart was yeah. that they put the console next to it, so I think it's where it sold the most for what console. So it's okay. not, it's not so also it's PSP. Exactly, the PSP ones were exclusive because yeah. they're always the least selling. Exactly. Character. All right. So, and then Ape Escape was for multiple consoles. Yeah, it said PlayStation, so I guess it may be only for PlayStation. And then what was the third one again? Feel the Magic X Y X X. I don't. I never even heard of that game. Nor, nor have I heard of Ape Escape. <laughs> And was it MLB The Show, that one? It, it just literally MLB. just said MLB. MLB. I think it's the first edition for PlayStation Portable. Okay. Shit. <laughs> um, they don't sell that well, the MLB games. Definitely, I would put MLB behind Metal Gear. Oh, so Feel the Magic. Oh. Is it Pokemon? No, but I think we should watch this trailer because okay. it's going to, I think, be fascinating. <laughs> I don't know if it'll help. Oh, it's not going to help at all. But I think it's going to tell you something when you when you see the imagery. Feel the magic. It's a Nintendo DS. Oh, okay, that's DS. Okay. So it appears to be a dating game, or possibly it's like a dance game of some kind. But it's very provocative. Right. This isn't. I've never. This is crazy. <laughs> this is a real game. Just proving right, that I so didn't make I'll this go, up. I'll go. I was originally going to pick this, so <laughs> this did help. I can listen to this. Song. This is crazy. I, this can't even be described in words. Okay, so a guy with rabbit I ears still don't just know, threw a bag. But I don't even know what this game is. We're the super performance group. Interesting. And that's why I love this era of video games, yeah. is because they were able to develop these games so quickly compared to... They were able to code them so quick they could just churn them out. I, Any idea. Oh, yeah. And they're so cheap to make, they hardly lost money. Yeah, right. We hardly lose money. Right. Because enough people just buy it to see what it is. Literally, I would... This probably sold a thousand copies total. The fact that I even put it on the list tells you something. Can I... All right, so I want to tell you a couple facts about this. Okay. In Japan, it's no... It translates to, I would die for you. This is very Japanese game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this wasn't even released in America. Europe and Australia as Project Rub. What? <laughs> okay, here we go. It follows the attempts of a young male protagonist to impress a young woman, okay. aided by a group of people known as the Rub Rabbits, into completing a series of mini-games related to the plot. Which is what a lot of DS games are. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Because they're simple to code. Right. These mini games are all controlled by the touchscreen and microphone and often involve tapping, scribbling, and blowing into the microphone. Jesus fucking Christ. This is the most sexual game besides the Atari ones that were porno games. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll go Metal Gear is the biggest seller. Okay. Followed by... Oh, you're put them... I didn't put them in order, so I can't oh, All right. So I'll, I'll, I'll go Metal Gear. <laughs> Incorrect. Wow. I know. I was surprised. It's, right. It later is number one in, later in the year. Okay. So you're not wrong. Uh, it was MLB. Oh, all right. I, yeah. I, I had to scroll down a bit. Uh, Ape Escape was somewhere in the 30 to 40 range that week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Feel the Magic was like 130. Yeah, this is not a, a selling game. <laughs> I can tell you right now. <laughs> I love that it has a trailer, though. I mean, I would love to try it. Just It's the, the pure insanity. but And I still have a DS, so maybe I could find it. Let's go. I mean, we should go play this game with a bunch of little kids. Right, right. 
because that's not weird. <laughs> uh, all right. We're not going to do. We've done this once or twice before, I think, mm-hmm. right? Fiction bestsellers, yeah, New York we, Times. Because we found out how much James Patterson was Yes. Worth. Okay, that's right. Okay. <laughs> so, need you to tell me mm-hmm. who's number one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the title, the author and the title. Okay. Uh, the f- first one you're going to know because okay. I, don't, so I won't explain it, but everyone else will get a description. Okay. Dan Brown. <laughs> yeah. Da Vinci Code. Oof. Monster. Monster hit. Danielle Steele. Mm-hmm. The Stable. <laughs> these are, you're going to shit. These are all fucking mockers. Um, <clears throat> after lawyer Belinda Franco is injured in a car accident, she reti- retreats to her horse farm upstate. <laughs> Leaving her husband, Roger, behind in the city, Belinda finds out he is cheating on her with a colleague from work. Physically and emotionally devastated, she finds solace with her horse, Redemption, and his trainer, Luke. The horse's name is Redemption? Yeah, it's Daniel Steele. Oh, my what God. What did you think it was going to be? It just hit James Joyce? <laughs> <laughs> with her horse, Fuck Machine. Yeah. Her horse, Revenge. <laughs> her horse, I'm going to kill that bitch. <laughs> With their horse, I hate Janice from work. Uh, uh, Number three, Sue Monk Kid, Jason Kidd's mom, the mermaid chair. Like, I know, that's why I had to read these. The mermaid chair is the. Why would mermaids need a chair? It's so hard. They have no legs. I think it's a chair that looks like a mermaid rather than a chair for mermaids. Fine. I mean, look, maybe that's what we do for a bonus. We We read it, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I know, it's hard to get through these. The Mermaid Chair is a soulful tale of Jesse Sullivan, a middle-aged woman whose stifled dreams and desires take shape during an extended stay on Egret Island, where she is caring for her troubled mother, Nell. Once she returns to her childhood home, Jesse is forced to confront not only her relationship with her mother, but her emotional ties as well. That sounds so boring. The Mermaid Chair. And now here's another one. Ready? I know you, you don't know this book, I don't think, but you know the author. Okay. In fact, I bet you can guess if you had to. Mm-hmm. Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. True well, can Believer. Can I guess what it's about? Yeah, go ahead. True Believer is about a woman uh, that's, uh, you know, recently uh, gives up religion due to a death in the family. She moves to North Carolina where she meets a, like a reverend of a local church and finds love again. Okay. You got, you hit a couple things correct. As North always. Carolina. North Carolina, of course. Boone County. All right. So. Jeremy Marsh is the ultimate New Yorker, handsome, almost always dressed in black, and part of the media elite. Okay. I think that's code for Jewish. (laughs) (laughs) An expert on debunking the supernatural with a regular column in Scientific American. Oh, fucking Jesus. He's just made his first appearance on national TV. When he receives a letter from the tiny town of Boone Creek, North Carolina, about ghostly lights that appear in a legend-shrouded cemetery, he can't resist driving down to investigate. And I'm guessing he investigates some pussies when he's there, too. <laughs> uh, probably someone who, you know. Sure. But I get why you said that with True Believe, right? He, yeah. He, he threw you a little bit of a curveball. Right. All right. So, Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code, Daniel Steele, The Stable, Sumon Kid, The Mermaid Chair, Nicholas Sparks, True Believer. Now, this is Aught 5, right? All right. So, Da Vinci Code, I believe, came out a little earlier than Aught 5. Because I think the movie came out in 05, if I remember correctly. Um. So, although I still think it was selling like hotcakes, I don't think it was number one that week. I yeah. think that's a red herring that 
Kyle Reese Mandel put in there. <laughs> I will go number one, friend of the podcast, Nicholas Sparks. Wow. Okay. Goes for the upset, sort of. Yeah. The correct answer is the Da Vinci Code. Fuck. <laughs> God, how long was that number one? Now, do you want to guess which one is the fake one? Oh, uh, <laughs> I would guess the mermaid chair. <laughs> Incorrect. That's a real novel. Ugh. Made into a film, I believe, as well. Oh, my God. Uh, I think it's, it actually is a Lifetime movie, the mermaid chair. Well, I know we have to do. <laughs> or at least research it. <laughs> what we have to do. Yeah. I like that we have to do it. <laughs> I know what we're required to do by law now. Uh, the fake one was Danielle Steele, The Stable. Wow. All right. That was a good one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I read way too many synopses. <laughs> and I, once I read the True Believer one, because it's so fucking dumb that he's like a, he writes for Scientific America. It was just so specific. <laughs> I'm like, who would believe this shit? It was good. Oh, God, I hate everything. <laughs> All right, Ken. That's the end. All right. So, don't forget. Come I on now. I need the outro. I, I guess this of our regular listeners they care only about the drops <laughs> they just want to hear the songs so for this week guys we came up me and Kyle have been talking about a new game or not a new game a new segment we're going to call it punch it up Kyle can you hit the theme I'm working on it sorry I hit gotta, the theme I can, please <laughs> stop yelling at me alright guys it's time for punch it up <laughs> yes And for you, those of you that don't know, I'm sure our friend Michael would know. Yeah. Uh, that's the theme to Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, which I... St- can you believe I still remember the code to get to Mike Tyson? No, what is it? 007-373-5963. That's in my head. Guys, I think we have another nominee for Biggest Loser. <laughs> biggest Loser moment. <laughs> um, all right. So Punch It Up is where we take a movie that has a re- new release that we know is coming out in a little bit but we don't know the synopsis of the movie yeah and we might in the in the future punch up uh past television shows yeah we could well. do we, that. we right, were thinking right. about that's how it came up right so what we're gonna do is punch up top gun 2 colon maverick i think it's just top gun colon maverick yeah so what we're gonna do right. is kind of come up we both have ideas for what the movie should be about we don't know what it is about <laughs> But we we came up with uh, what it should be about. So do you want me to go first? Do you yeah, want to yeah go you first? can go first. Okay. I, you, you're fired up, so I'm ready. So not only did I come up with the synopsis of it, but I came up with the tagline. Okay, yeah. Do you want to go synopsis tagline or tagline synopsis? Well, we're gonna go ta- we're gonna go synopsis first. So in the movie in Top Gun: Colon Maverick, Tom Cruise, who is Maverick, for those idiots that haven't seen Top Gun. <laughs> He's Lieutenant Pete Mitchell, and he's running Top Gun, okay? Now, we have two new hotshot recruits that come in. Okay. One is Iceman's son. Oh, you went Iceman. Okay, all right. name is Speed Kazansky. Speed? Yes. Now, we're going to get- I thought for sure you were going to go with, like, Ice Cube or- No. (laughs) And we also have Lieutenant Goose Mitchell- Oh, so you're going with Goose again. But Goose is Maverick's son. What? Now, that's good. good. Speed Kazansky is the more hothead hotshot in this version. Okay. And Lieutenant Goose Mitchell 
is the smooth, confident pilot that was Iceman from the first one. Right, okay. So, but Speed... So Maverick is going to Iceman... Iceman's son, and Iceman's right. going to Maverick Maverick. So Maverick okay. has to rein in Got Speed it. Kazansky Got it. in a twist of uh, t- a table turn, and Goose Mitchell is gets jealous of their relationship. Classic TT, yeah. Right. So that that's what I kind of came up okay. with. Okay, so you already know mine a little bit because we talked. Cause and, but the tagline is... Oh, yeah, go. The need for speed in a double entendre. <laughs> <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. I know. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it, mine is not dissimilar, as you know. <laughs> right. So I think Top Gun colon Maverick. <laughs> Maverick plays the Tom Skerritt character. Right. right. He's the head yeah. or whatever of Top, Top Gun, Gun School. Right. Well, I'm, I'm torn because I think I think there's a couple ways to go. It could be he's the Kelly McGillis character, too. I'm yeah. not, I, I can't decide. Yeah. So I, but I like the one where he's the Kelly McGillis character. And well, then, you can have Iceman be... And then Iceman right. is the head of Top Gun. Okay, right. so we'll go that way. So when he comes in to be the guest instructor, right, mm-hmm. there's two students, right. uh, like in yours. Yeah. Right, so there's Duck, who's Goose's son, who is about to be born. That's his call sign, right? Because he was she was pregnant yeah, at the end of that was, movie, right? Yeah. So, okay. So that's, you know, Meg Ryan, I guess, will play the mom. Mm-hmm. Duck is enrolled, right? And he's the co-pilot for... Who's who did I say it was last time? I, I don't remember. Forgot. Was it Maverick's son? No, no, it was uh, it was Iceman's daughter. Oh, okay, okay. And then they have a romance. Oh, that's okay. So he like romances her as an older man, and Iceman has to stand by while this happens. Mm. And then they're sent to Iraq and they're killed. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I know. I, it's like I'm I, sure either either one will be better than what the actual movie but i think you absolutely have to have the gender swap like there has to be yeah yeah or like uh he comes on to her and she's gay and then it's like a whole thing about like don't ask don't tell mm. right interesting or, yeah and then and then it becomes like just the regular top right. movie. yes of course yeah right what else? i like it all right it's been punch it up great thing about nintendo themes they just repeat so i can just leave it on <laughs> don't have to go find it so with that let's get into the perfect neighbor i can't wait so we open up on a greyhound bus where we meet donna germain uh <laughs> she's sitting next to a male passenger that she doesn't know and he asks if she's ever been married uh she says no okay already where was this conversation before we saw them because he talks to her he's like he's got his like legs spread out he's just like you ever been married? He is like a goomba. Yeah, it's like, and then what does he say? It'll suck the life right out of yeah, you. Yeah, he goes. <laughs> he goes. He says, "Don't. It'll kill you. Suck the life right out of you." I mean, he's not wrong, but I know. But like, what were they talking about that he felt okay to say this? I feel that was the, his opening line in the conversation. That's what I mean. Like, how is that possible? People are that comfortable. No, <laughs> you don't think so. I just was like, is she gonna like? And then he, it's meaningless. Like, there's no yeah. reason to have that yeah. scene. It's just to set up. My favorite thing, a fucking flashback yep, I guess, right away. It's fine, but like we know she's traveling. Do we need this guy? Why do we need this guy to say because marriage Because he, I think he, I guess you could have went just right to the flashback, right? Or you just have her on the plane and she's thinking about it. On the bus. Or from, whatever. From yeah. Kate, from yeah, Kansas Sorry, the City. bus, whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, there's no reason for that guy to say that. No, it was literally just to set it up, but we, you were, but it's you're so right. awkward. You're, I, I was all I could think was, how does she know this guy? What were they talking about? I, I mean, know. the bus is crazy. Yeah, it is. But then have like, give us a minute of the bus before this guy pops in. Like he gets on at that stop, right? And then he sits down. And he's like, 
Hey, how you oh. doing? Oh, any meatballs in here? <laughs> oh. Marriage is like pursuit. Makes my stomach burn. Like, it just, like, have them, you know what I mean? Like, why they, they cut in in the middle of the conversation. Well, or, the, or the, whatever, the, like the middle of the ride. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah. I agree. <laughs> so, uh, like I said, we have a flashback. In the flashback, Donna is dating a married man, and he wants to end it to get back, back together with his wife. In some uh, ways, it makes more sense to start there and then have the guy say that. Right. True. Right. Because then you're like, okay, I get that why she would respond more, to that. That makes more sense. So Punch it up. <laughs> she doesn't take it well. And she's at, 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 when she, he's telling her that she's washing a big butcher knife, and she basically just t- turns around and shanks him right in the bread basket like Michael Myers. <laughs> I, I wrote that, too. Like right in the bread basket. Yeah. <laughs> but I, <laughs> like, I assume she's on the run because of murder right away. But they never really cover that. Like all these movies, there's no police follow up. They never even, they never even go back to like that she's no. a, that she's a suspect. There's the a murder. trail of bodies. There's a trail of blood onto a Greyhound bus. I know, it's a mountain of evidence. Jesus. And like fucking uh, Silver Fox, he's a newsman. He should follow up on all these leads. <laughs> I, I can't wait to talk about the news. Stu- news. Oh stage. God. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, so her aunt picks her up at the bus station. All right. So I had I had a question immediately. Okay. How old is she? Donna, how old do you think her character is, and how old? Um, I, I looked up how old she was in the movie, like in her. Real I life. think she's like supposed to be like forty in the movie. Okay, and in real life, she's probably like forty-seven, fifty-two. I, I I was like, I felt like they were trying to make her a lot younger than she yeah, actually is. And I, it, yeah, with that haircut, ufa, <laughs> the Carmela Soprano. It's it's worse. It's like it didn't work at all. Tony, it it, it killed the movie for me. Because it's so crazy. Because you could like Susan Blakely is an attractive woman who's mm-hmm. probably the same age, and she looks fine. Like she's yeah, dressed normally, she her hair is yeah. normal. This woman looks insane, <laughs> and we're supposed to believe like she's some kind of fuck queen. Like she's just out there with her sex magic, she's like Jodie Arias, unsexiest character in Who? history of the world. <laughs> okay, that seems. And she's so terrible. She's so not sexy at all. I just don't get what's going on. Like why they could have made her sexier, like give her like something to work with. They dress her like she's a working girl, right? Like they cover her. I, up I wrote that down actually so like, much. Like oh, I hated it. I, yeah, just give her. I, I don't know why they couldn't have made her look like an attractive woman who's because, not right, thirty. This is the whole point: is that she's supposed to be uh, competing with the wife, right? Mm-hmm. Who's super sexy? Right, this is my point. Like, like she, she has, she's no competition. Right, and she's the same age what, and dresses like a human. Okay, so they have what's the uh, what's the younger girl that works with Silver Fox, the 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 hot, the brunette, oh, Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Why couldn't Ashley be the main character? That makes sense. Right, that's an easier lifetime movie. Like the that gives him a you know a decision he has to make or make it all in her head she moves in next door and she thinks she's in an affair with perry king well, she kind of does they kind of do that i though. know but like she perry king. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even have to look at your notes <laughs> i just remember i don't know i don't know it's just like it, it had to go one direction or the other either she's sexier mm-hmm. or she's more delusional like i would have liked that movie where <laughs> i love she... those are the two options well because like i don't know what else you do like it's <sighs> But like, so she gets off the bus, mm-hmm. and is, again, no idea who this woman is. It takes a good well, ten minutes. I, I, yeah, for the first, I I kept calling her their cousin in my notes because it doesn't yeah. really say who. I it wrote, is. what is going on? Were they friends, sisters? I assume they were related. So strange. So, but, but they look the same age. Then you find out they it's do her aunt, which is horseshit. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the ant was younger than her in real life. Yeah, I was like, I want to fuck that ant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look. But so uh, yeah, she picks her up. Uh, Don is going to crash with her. All right, so the ant is our favorite uh, uh, occupation, a uh, travel agent. And of course, free in time. A, in a goddamn mansion. <laughs> no, but she inherited it, though. That's what we learned. It All used right. to be... Okay, fair it, enough. It, it was uh, a uh, Your Majesty's mom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we meet uh, Jeannie, uh, who, Jeannie Costigan, who's the cousin's neighbor. She And she's just Milfy Von Milfowitz. Yeah, she's, right? she's good. And like... Uh, in a media, I'm like, she's supposed to compete with her? Like, I, it just made no sense. And another part that doesn't make sense is they, they, they look too similar, their styles. Like, the hair is blonde. They had to make her either younger, have be- better looking, or dress sluttier. Like, one of the... Like, I, I just it, feel it just, like... It was stupid. I, I think Barbara Niven could is probably an attractive woman. Probably, yeah. But the way they... The costuming and hair was so it, it bad, was bad that, like, you just didn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, so Blakely was born in 48... And then, uh, oh god, I forgot the math on all these. Yeah, there's a great picture of Barbara Niven right here. Yeah, attractive. She kind of looks like um, like Heather Locklear a little bit. From yeah, here. yeah, and a little bit like maybe Gretchen Carlson from Fox News. So like you know, a mix of like. Yes, she does actually. You're yeah. right. Yeah, she cool. was born in '53. Right. So Blakely's five years older. But she's her aunt. No, no, not the aunt. The the Blakely. And oh, oh, right, right, right. The, the competitors. Right. <laughs> Stock it. I can't find the age on. Uh, okay, fair Linda, enough. But Linda it's Darla. still, you know, right away you realize she's not what I consider stable. She's a flashback, another flashback of her dad who is driving a Porsche 911 for some reason. And, yeah, what was that? Like about? he left, right? He left them. Is that what you got out of it? Out of it? I didn't understand any of that backstory. No, I think he left because her mom drove him away. That's what I got out of it. And then the mom died. And then... Right, so she hated, like, mothers. Okay. That's what I kind of got. And she liked, Or like, marriage. And she, she hated was, marriage. Right. Well, she we... was attracted to older men. That's what Tony Baloney helps us understand. <laughs> Donna. What I love, though, like, we're, we're, like, 15 minutes into the movie, and I still don't know what's going on. Like, I wrote, okay, so some lady left... So Donna's mom left this lady some furniture. Like, it wasn't even clear to me she got the house so, until, like, 20 yeah, minutes so in. Da- so Donna's aunt... Uh, sister was Donna's mom who right. left them the Donna's childhood furniture. I can't believe I just got that right. I thought it was the house, though. I thought that was no, her childhood I house. Was, I don't think so. I think okay. she just get, got furniture from the old house. Right, that explains why she's a millionaire as a travel agent. <laughs> and she just made it like the old... And so like Donna immediately recognizes the furniture in her dad's chair, and that's when she has the flashback. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is all very confusing, and it was confusing when I was watching it. And I was taking notes, and it was still confused. Yeah, we watch things intensely, and we still miss right. things. And what I, what I really didn't get by the 20-minute mark is, how does everyone not know she's insane? Like, the ant doesn't notice. No, the ant finds out really quick. No. She does. Ken. She finds out right, like, the set, like, day two, right after that BBQ. No, I think she's, not, she's still, like, she glosses right over it. Right. Why does she show her where the gun is if she thinks she's crazy? No, no, that was before they go to the barbecue. Because the next day is when she does the history search or the search on William Costigan. <laughs> yeah, but that's like forty minutes into the movie. I know, but it's tech- but it's the second day they're there. Oh, okay. Oh, right. So okay. in the timeline of the right. movie, another she finds another out another movie a, where the timeline's right. impossible. She finds out within like less than a week that okay. Don is batshit. All right, fine. All right. Because she's like this every scene. No, this is yeah. This is a very slow paced movie. She stares. Every time. Because nothing happens in this movie, really, be- a- until the end. I know one thing that happens. 
She stares out the window. I have that in my notes. There she, are 15 scenes of her looking out the out window. out the window more than the blind woman in, in the dark. That's what I wrote, too. Exactly. <laughs> and then I said they should rename this movie Windows XP. <laughs> or Windows 2005. I, I couldn't decide which was better. So I have in my notes, this movie is crazy. I mean, we're in the cousin's office. Donna opens the drawer, and as Kyle said, there's just a gun laying there. I'm sure that won't come into play. Right, yeah. Chekhov's gun. It was like... It's, uh, it's like in a junk drawer. Yeah. It's, it's like not a Colt 45. <laughs> It's a six shooter. It was a six shooter. Wait, did you do you remember what she said though? Why the gun was there? No. She goes, When I moved in, when I moved into the house, when I bought the house, everyone said I needed a gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I got one. I mean that house is so big she could probably go target shooting <laughs> yeah. in there. But I was just like, you bought a house in this like normal neighborhood. Yeah, it was like a rich person neighborhood. And so, someone told you to buy a gun, so you bought one? Yeah. She was so daffy. I hated her. She just said stupid shit the whole movie. And the goddamn European kisses when they get hello and goodbye. Oh, fuck. That like, bothered why? me, too. Why? I think we both hated this. I love it. So we meet the, na- we meet, uh, the neighbor, William Costigan, who drives a Jaguar. Uh, he's a very busy businessman <laughs> who doesn't have time for his family. And there's a while there where we don't even really know what he does. No, you know, that, that's the, I see, that's why I love taking the notes because I take them before I know anything yeah, later in the movie. Exactly. And I just say, like, all right, this is what I think he does. And then I realize he's uh, head of a, a TV station. He's busy because he's got... How often do they mention fucking Sweeps Week in yeah. this goddamn movie? A, a lot. If we don't do Sweeps Week, I'm going to get fired. Yeah. But, when, but the reason we know he's a busy businessman is because yeah. when he comes home, the wife is like primped and ready to fuck. Like she is yeah, like... Yeah, she wants she, to talk she about... cannot wait. She no. wants to talk about his daughter. But she's like doing her makeup, whatever, yeah. whatever. And I think she's, she's like, okay, DTF. we're going to... Yeah. And, but then he gets in the bed and goes right to sleep. Yeah. And then she's like, well, maybe I can bring him back with the daughter talk? That seemed like a strange choice to me. And then he, I love... He's just like, all right, what did she do today? Yeah, he didn't even try. No. He's like laboring through the conversation. Did you notice what they were wearing? He has... Yes, I did. <laughs> he, his pajamas looked like... Uh, the prison pajamas from Superman 2. <laughs> I was about to say, I thought Johnny Dangerously, but it yeah. was like the same thing. Yeah. He looked... And she's wearing a kimono. Yes. So she has a kimono on, he has a gray t-shirt and I assume that's pants. how rich people go to sleep. I just assumed they were going to do some kind of weird... And they're like, not even in the king-size bed, BT yeah. dubs. They're in, they're in a, like a full-size. If you can afford a Jaguar, you can afford a full-size, or, or, or a queen. Because the their bedroom was roughly the size of my apartment. Yeah, it, it was makes, gigantic. It, it, this uh, they literally echoed when they were talking in there. <laughs> His sighing was just heard from miles away. <laughs> so we cut to the barbecue at the, uh, at William Costigan's house the next day. There's a bunch of TV execs there schmoozing, ex- including Ashley, who's hitting on him. She was hot. Was she? Yeah, she was. I wasn't sure. I mean, he didn't. They played it off well because he didn't seem to think so. Right. But everybody was gossiping that she was. I wanted his dong. Yeah, that's true, but I also think it was one of those things where because she's pretty and in, has like a high-powered job that everyone yeah. just assumed she fucked her way to the top. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't I mean, re- she was like touching him and on the shoulder. And and it could be that he, but he also gives off the vibe, so like that could be. I just didn't read her as trying to fuck him. I read her as like, I don't want to piss off the boss. They, I think they do a good job with that, though. Yeah. It wasn't that heavy-handed like, compared no, to it like... it wasn't at all. And they make it a good, they do a good job with that. One of the few things they do well in this movie is that from uh, Donna's point of view... It comes off like she's hitting them, but they're really not. Yeah, yeah. They they set it she, up. If anything, Ashley is very professional, right? And and they give Niven a chance to like frame her. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about her electronic journal in a minute. I'm sure. Uh, you know her e journal. So all those TV execs are like jockeying who's gonna produce the initial season of Dogs. <laughs> 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 for sweet sweet get a tough time getting that one out yeah that's fun uh 
Donna and the aunt show up. Donna has a bit of a lazy eye. Why does everybody in Lifetime movies have a lazy eye? I don't know. I don't know. It's a little long hours. So they show up to the barbecue. She, uh, Donna immediately takes a shine to William Costigan. She wants that salt and pepper hair rubbing up in there. Yeah, yeah. She wants to like, grab like a hold. This, Kyle's right. He is the ultimate silver fox, this guy. Yeah, he, he, he's perfect. He's yeah. perfectly cast. He's a terrible actor. So uh, He's fine. He's w- fine. I shouldn't uh, say terrible. William and Jeannie have a daughter, Trisha. The daughter likes Donna immediately, wants to show her her doll collection. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, I was waiting for Donna to bite the head off one of the dolls. Yeah, it's like she, I mean, if somehow she made that creepy, like, let's go play with my dolls. Like, that girl was like, you know how little kids in like horror movies are creepy? She was right. creepy. And then Donna out-creepied her yeah. somehow in that bedroom. Right. So this next part is just, uh, I hope I can explain this. Uh, so she's look, they're down in the kitchen getting a drink. And Donna and Trisha, the young daughter. And Donna sees Ashley with William Costigan. So Ashley's the young executive. And she thinks they're flirting. So Donna doesn't seem to like this. So she, on purpose, breaks a wine glass and basically slits her wrist. Yeah, I was like, she's going to kill herself This right really here. has to be seen to be believed. Yeah, it is wild. And then, like, the little, Trisha's just looking at her like, what? She's like, what are you doing? Trish. Her name is Trish, by the way. Trish, it's not Trisha. Yeah, two, Trish. In, in 2000, whatever. Fine. Trisha. Okay, so I have some stray barbecue observations. Yes. <laughs> so number one, this is the moment where I where I looked at Niven and I said it looked like they left Meg Ryan out in the rain. That's a perfect. That's exactly what she looks like. It, it's just like you're like, like there's so much. Up, yeah, there's so much potential. Plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah. Meg Ryan. Like, just done. Just totally done. Also, they fight about inviting people from work to the barbecue. Did you notice that? Yeah. She's like, why'd you invite people? From, or he's like, oh, I invited people from work. She's like, why? Why? It's the only people that were there. I know. I look like they have no friends. Otherwise, it's her, you know, and Fuckface and Niven. And Grace? Was it Grace? Was yeah. it Grace? Oh, good, rem- good memory. Um, and then, this killed me. This is the kind of shit that drives me insane. <laughs> okay. They walk over to the burger stand. Yeah. Or, you know, he's on the grill. Yeah, he's on of the course. grill. Yeah. Of course. And this is, you know, I, I wrote that. You could almost hear her underwear moisten as she walked up. <laughs> and so, he's like, oh, you want a burger? And she's like staring into space like, do you want a burger? You know, he's, and she goes... And he's like, with the works, right? And she's like, with the works. And then did you see the burger? No. Was it just a plain burger? Yeah. That's the works. Ken. It it was it looked like someone shit on a bun and smushed it flat. Like a and smash he, burger? Yeah, and he had the gall to call that the works. Well, all right. So what do you consider the works on the burger? I, I know what I don't consider. <laughs> I know that you have to put something I mean, to on me, it. The works is yep, cheeseburger, right. lettuce, tomato, ketchup. Onions, maybe? Yeah. But you, I know it's not nothing. I know you don't just <laughs> hand someone a burger. Here's the works. You just, it's all inside the meat. <laughs> I'm going to find that scene and show you, but go ahead. All right. So after the um, barbecue, uh, Don is on the computer doing some research on Netscape Navigator. Yeah. Which, by the way, they just glossed over her, basically her suicide attempt. Right. Yeah. He just does like a little, you know, uh, with the oh, med kit. And she's just like. And that living. was a deep cut. Like. It, I, that needed stitches. I thought this movie was going to take a turn when she did. I was like, oh, she's going to kill herself, and then, then he's going to feel bad for her, like her suicide attempt. <laughs> Once again, you're making the movie better. I know. But he did a good job. Like, yeah. And she was yeah, very, he's very, he's very Yeah. But he also is kind of oblivious, as he said earlier. He, he's so oblivious yeah. to anyone. So she's doing uh, some research on Netscape Navigator about William, and she prints out the results on the bubble printer, bubble jet printer. <laughs> oh, yeah, Canon. So Donna keeps the printed out picture. And is going to make a play for William Costigan. Now, in the meantime, she's talking to herself about him and how they're going to be together, like, 
the only way I could describe it is like uh, Mrs. Voorhees in the first Friday Thirteenth. How yeah. she's constantly talking to herself, and it's just and it, she's single minded. Yeah, I love it. Tunnel vision. Yeah, eagle vision. TV, EV. <laughs> I love it. I, I. But that's the thing is like the movie should have been more that then, right? Like make it like a serial killer movie, not a right. Because she is a serial killer. She by is the way. absolutely. Did you notice how easily she moved that body in the flashback? The one she wrapped up. Oh yeah, up? yeah. She killed that woman, dragged her into the woods, which is impossible. Right. You were. No chance she could do that, let alone no, rap. No, it was the husband. Not oh, the right. Woman. The, no, I'm sorry, the husband. Yeah, my bad. All right. So let's say he's an average build guy and he weighs what, 170. Yeah. You know how hard it is to drag 170 pounds? Yes. Like that? <laughs> I drag it around every day. <laughs> it's way more than that, actually. But yeah, I, I couldn't fucking believe it. I'm it's, like, yeah. the idea that she could have, one, killed, then wrapped up in plastic wrap yeah. and dragged into the woods. One, with no witnesses, no DNA evidence. And dug the grave. And dug the grave. And also did it by herself. Yeah. They could have at least showed him in a wheelbarrow or something. something. <sighs> You're phoning it in. I just... I'm gonna All right, he's getting to the burger. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> Look at her burger. Look at that. That's the works. That's the works. It looks like a microwave burger. Yes, it doesn't even. It it's so bad. It is so bad. Oh, oh I didn't even notice that. Oh, I, I get infuriated by because like again, they they call it out. If he just said, "Here's your burger," I'd be like, "All right, that's a shitty burger." Or if they had like a fixins bar, like Roy Rogers. <laughs> yes, if they had a fixins bar. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like, why go? Oh, do you want the works and repeat it? <laughs> like, there's no reason You're for so that. Bad. I know because it's so stupid. So we uh, next is uh, after she prints out the picture is insane number t- scene number two for me. All right, Jeannie, the the next door uh, William Cosigan's wife is doing good girl bad girl stretches in the bedroom while wearing weightlifting gloves. <laughs> what? <laughs> More lifetime right on trend again. This movie is a fever dream. <laughs> but it, is this is like uh, uh, Mother May I Sleep in Danger with the fitness. Like it doesn't make any like, sense. So we find out Jeannie gets an interview in New York at Woman's Way magazine. Oh, yeah. Because Je- she still has that job. Because Jeannie does what? Yeah. <laughs> we, we like, is establish- she a fitness expert? <laughs> is she a writer? Uh, question mark? I, well, apparently she is. So Aunt Grace sets up an interview uh, for Donna, but she skips the interview and goes to WGBC where William Costigan works. Don't know why. <laughs> yeah, we've got the okay. So before that, I, I forgot a bunch of stuff that I okay. Well, one, she cuts that picture perfectly into a square. Yeah, like she had a. I forgot what that's called. paper cutter. Yeah, is or an exacto knife. <laughs> uh, and I wrote she's gonna crank it to his picture. And then there's that moment when she's talking to the the aunt in the house, and she just spills out all this information about the the family and the neighbors. Like it's like a it's like a minute and a half of exposition, right? And then she goes, "I have to go lay down." <laughs> yeah, because you just explained yeah. everything that happened in the neighborhood for a hundred years. It's just yeah. like I've exhausted myself explaining things. <laughs> oh, that may be insane. I don't know. I, I, I wrote. I don't know what this refers to. I wrote, yes, after I drink your husband's mangu. Okay. I think when she said, oh, are you thirsty? <laughs> Good. Um, all right. So Donna, oh, Jesus, this fucking movie. Donna slips Aunt Grace a Mickey, so she passes out. Then she does the old, uh, she she does, to get her, she does the old switcheroo on these tea bottles while yeah, Aunt Grace isn't looking. That was impressive because she had already drunk out of that bottle, so she had to get the level yeah, right, Exactly. Too. And I, did you, before that, when she's, it's so it's the Aunt Grace, Niven, and then Trish are going to watch a movie. Right. What movie do you think they watch? 2005? Yeah. What movie is going to satisfy those three <laughs> insane people? I, I would think it has to be a Pixar movie. Uh, that's probably right. Cars, <laughs> Cars 2. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, yeah, so that Kyle's right. I forgot to say that. So they're supposed to be babysitting Trish. 
so uh, Jeannie could go on her interview in New York. So in order to babysit Trish by herself, she drugs her aunt. Yeah. And also, she has a dad. Yeah, but he's at the office. I know, but sweet, it's, sweet. And she's not a single mom, is my point. Like, no. You know, part of being a dad is that you might have to take care of your kid right. at night. Yes. At least once. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. All right. So, uh, uh, um, I thought for sure when she Mickeyed Aunt Grace, she was just going to shit everywhere. I was like, here we go. <laughs> she's going to be in the bathroom the rest so of the So before we get to uh, Donna babysitting Trish, Aunt Grace finds out that Donna skipped the interview. So she does a little snooping, and she looks up the the history on uh, the internet. Do you think she knows how to look up the internet history, Aunt Grace? I mean, she works in on the computer. I guess she could. I guess it's possible. I think it, I think the way I read that scene was she turned, like she went to the computer and it was open to that. Like that Niven didn't even bother. No, she, I, she specifically oh, she does? her browser okay. I probably yeah. just looked away or fell yeah. asleep. Uh, oh, also WGBC? Yeah. Real Station. Hmm. Where guess, is it? You want to guess where? Cincinnati. Close. Meridian, Mississippi. <laughs> was it close at all? I mean, it's closer than not close. Yeah, I can't. It's, <laughs> Whatever that means. Yeah, I just mean like, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'd say like L.A. You, you could have said Montana. Yeah, true. But do you think this is where the movie is set? It could be because it, the houses were huge. It seemed to be like wintertime to me for some reason. I know why. Why? It's set in Canada or it's it's filmed in Canada. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> when well, the sense. detective comes in or somebody comes in and goes, well, what's the process? And I went, oh, there we go. <laughs> it's a giveaway. So Trisha is babysitting, and Trisha is in puts Trisha to bed. Sorry, Donna's babysitting. Donna is now in William and Jeannie's bedroom, <laughs> fingering just his around, clothes, just getting undressed, fingering rooting, his clothes, rooting around all their stuff. She's <laughs> a classic creep. I oh, love. Yeah. That. I love. Meanwhile, this is the best part of the movie. Aunt Grace finds the pic of William that Donna printed out. This scene literally takes ten minutes. They're yeah. going back and forth. It was so long. Yeah, it's great. That was my favorite part, though. So uh, William comes home and uh, real, he, he knows Jeannie is babys or um, Jesus Christ Donna is babysitting. Donna cooks him dinner. Jeannie mm. comes home early for she's in New York for like less than a day and flies back to Mississippi. Yes, <laughs> I mean come on, she at least have them have her come home the next day. I know Donna th- makes her first play for William, right? Like or have the aunt come something. over do something to like it, it can't be that stupid. So uh, uh, William walks uh, Donna home. Oh, we forgot something important in okay. the story. When when uh, Aunt Grace explains what happened to her mom, mm-hmm. and basically she says, I would have killed her if she didn't die first. Who says that? Donna? Yeah. She yeah, was, because she made the dad leave. Right. And she's like, she's like, oh. she seems so disappointed that her mom died before she could kill her. because She basically says I was going to kill her. <laughs> No red flags there. I know, right? I'm just like, what is happening? No one's paying attention to this woman. So Aunt Grace confronts Donna about the William picture. <laughs> this this part was crazy, too. So they're on the second floor of uh, this gigantic house that they both live in. And Donna's manhandling Aunt Grace for snooping. Uh, Aunt Grace... <laughs> stu- she does manhandle her. Stu- stupidly keeps creeping towards the stand- stairs. And uh, Donna just pushes her down. And she says, like, you made me do it. Yeah. She's like, you made me push you down. Yeah. <laughs> so Aunt Grace goes fucking ass over tin cups, oh, tumbles down the stairs, and dies. Yeah, again, just people just, turn up dead everywhere she just goes. Dead. Kyle said we found out Donna's mom died by oh, slipping sorry, a cracker her head open in the shower. Yes, that's right. But Donna didn't do it. Why couldn't they make Donna have again, killed her? Give her the, maybe that's what drives her now. Is she never got the satisfaction of killing oh, her mom. Hmm. But they again, they don't. They kind of connect the dots, but not enough for me. Yeah. William and Jeannie are consoling Donna, and they ask Donna to stay with them since Donna's so distraught. 
Which she's not because she no. can't act and she always looks insane. And then William offers Donna a job at uh, the station and she, of course, upset, accepts. Mm. So she starts at the station the next day and there's already rumors about William sleeping with uh, Ashley. Donna uh, gets asked out by Chuck, who's like this scummy <laughs> yeah. exec there. And she declines and she says she's taken. Yeah. Mm. Donna's very jealous of Ashley, who works very close with William. Mm-hmm. Donna comes to work early one day to talk at Ashley's office. She finds something wrong with Ashley's expense report. That part was completely confusing. I didn't understand any of that. <laughs> like, I, we don't... They don't explain it. No. We don't need it either. Again, she she's going to frame her. Right. right. That's all we need to know. Correct. With a three and a half inch floppy disk. Yeah, yeah. I wrote that. Don't worry. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but when she... Okay. When she's on that computer, I had no idea what was going on either. No. She's like typing a she's letter. She's on like AS400... Also, yeah, yeah, typing a letter, and you're not sure exactly to who who no. it's for or why. I mean, we find out. But I it know, was but it, it was so out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna sit at her computer and type this from her or me or to Jeannie. I don't know what this. It's like that's what I thought was happening. Yeah, yeah, sending her an email or something. Right, like I'm sleeping with your husband and you right. know it. Exactly. That would be the better way to go. Start the conflict there, but Donna stays late at the office so she could smell William's shirts. He, he, has a, he has like a full he has a full walking closet at his, in his office fucking crazy Donna stays late at work so she can smell it. yeah it was a sentence that I wrote because it happened in this it's that like shit a, movie like it went out of American summaries when he's like Jesus. I have to go back to my cabin and touch my sweaters <laughs> like what nothing uh, Donna messes with William's schedule so he misses a dinner date with Jeannie Cut to Donna hanging out with Jeannie after William stands her up. I, I thought for sure when Jeannie was alone, she was going to fucking pull out a dildo. Like, she was just <laughs> like, oh, he's missing out. Donna informs Jeannie that Ashley was at the work dinner with William, and Jeannie is very upset. No, but she, and then she even says, <sighs> Jeannie says to Donna, oh, it'd be so fun if you and I hung out. Would it? What if, what if anything? Why does everyone think Donna is so great? I don't movie? know. There's no reason to be around her ever. No. She's terrible. She's boring. I mean, the, the best case scenario, you see her kill someone. And that's kind of exciting. Yeah. But, like, she's psychotic. Everywhere she goes, people die and are being weird. Like, right. I, I don't understand any of it. You want her alone with your daughter? Like, No, I don't. I, I hated it. I want, I'm going to play a part, and you tell me who this person looks like, what famous, famous in quotes person this, this looks like. So, yeah, so this is after the... All right, so she's writing the email. <laughs> Yeah, the hair is bad. It, it it kills it. It just kills it. She does it. have a pretty face. Right. You are right. She, uh, that's the point, though, is like, she's not unattractive. They just destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, who does that look like to you? Um, it, Think about a time when a bunch of us were at your your parents' house watching television. Okay. Possibly after 4th of July. I don't know. I think she looks like Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, she does. You're right. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so mean. <laughs> she does, though. Yeah, she does. All right, fine. I'm an she asshole. She does. She All looks right. like Beetlejuice. All right. I, I can't say. Well, Me? look. <laughs> Who shit in her pants? <laughs> I felt like we had to acknowledge it, because if you don't... Yeah, all right. Well, this is what we do here. Uh, William and Jeannie make up after the fight with a- about Ashley. Also, Jeannie gets a job at Women's Way. Donna is writing... Uh, Donna is writing a fake letter to William from Ashley on her home computer now. Oh, no, on her work computer, but she saves it on a three and a half inch floppy disk. Yeah, so she can then upload. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Donna uses the fake keys to break into Ashley's apartment. Uh, Ashley's apartment was really nice, by the way. Yeah, for, everybody had a yeah. nice place. 
Donna takes the floppy disk, places it in Ashley's disk drive. It's not sexual. That's what really happens. <laughs> yeah, she, I thought maybe that would be the way she goes. It's like, maybe we should like pull them into a three-way. That's the way to get them together. Mm. She also plants framed pictures of William on Ashley's desk and in the bedroom. Uh, she also plants one of William's dress shirts from his work walk-in closet in Ashley's closet. This is crazy. Now that I'm reading this. <laughs> Ashley gets, Ashley gets home from work, and as she's getting her dry cleaning out of the back of her car, Donna cracks over the head with a tire. <laughs> that really happened as well. She fucking, like, she just straight up murders people everywhere. Yeah. In broad daylight. Like, she's dressed like Ted Kaczynski when she did Yeah, she too. did get a look like it. I was just like, she just clocks her in the face with a tire iron. Yeah. How do you get leaves a, her there. How do you get away with that? There's no cameras. Oh. It's not like now. There's but cameras it, but, everywhere. But, like, when, even when the detective is in there... And he's like asking questions like it didn't occur to him that the person with crazy eyes might have done it. <laughs> who's brand new at the station. I, I hated it. He's as bad as Angel at fucking getting crimes figured out. So basically now William offers uh, Donna more responsibility. It sounds like he offers her him her Ashley's old job basically. Yeah. The, based I, on what qualifications. I don't know. I, lo- I love his. I love the meeting at work. Well everyone Ashley's dead but we got to keep going. So yeah we got it sweeps week. I know she was brutally murdered in the parking lot of our work but um. You know, it's sweeps week. What are we going to do? We got- <laughs> CSI season four is on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> CSI Mississippi. We got to get it out. So we meet Detective Lupo. I thought you would love his I, name. I did it. enjoy that. We meet Detective Lupo who interviews William. Detective Lu- Lupo believes William is a suspect. He had no shit. Yeah. Uh, because of William's personal effects in Ashley's office. Detective Lupo shares also shares Ashley's personal jur- journal that Donna planted. Detective Lupo is bringing the heat in this interview. Yeah, he asked a lot of good questions. He was actually pretty good. He was competent. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Which he was working on uh, the other case last week. Yeah, really. Or any of them. (laughs) I know. William tells Jeannie about what the police found in Ashley's apartment. Jeannie doesn't believe that William uh, didn't do anything with Ashley, and she leaves him. Does anybody anybody stare out the window more than Donna? Yeah, she is... I would say it happens 20 times in the movie. At least. And, she's and then constantly looking. And then the aunt does it, too, when yeah. she's watching her. And then Jeannie does it at one point. It's, it's a looky-lose. Yeah. William and Donna are both working on sa- working Saturday at the station. Uh, Donna says her car is broken down and William drives her home. Mm-hmm. Uh, why wouldn't they commute anyway? Right. I know what else is broken now. What? Her pussy. I know what the answer was. She said, I know. That's fine. Donna makes them dinner, including apple pie a la mode. And she says, you want to eat your pie in the living room? And he says, yes. <laughs> and then she's having a like uh, a fantasy in the middle of this. Right. They're, they're cutting away. It looks like sex in the single mom. It, you're, that's exactly what it looked like. Although without the boobs. <laughs> yes. What was her name? Gail O'Grady. Thank you. Donna turns off William's flip phone so they could be can't be disturbed. Uh, Jeannie is trying to reach him because Trish is sick and needs to go to the hospital. What was what was wrong with Trish? She was throwing up. They said. Oh, okay. Like, uh, Donna starts giving him a neck massage and kissing him. Uh, she <laughs> well, starts. It, it like uh, it's so ham fisted. Like she's. She gets him like his cavassier or whatever, his cognac. His cognac, and then she's like his favorite ice cream or whatever. Apple pie la mode. Yeah, well, that was hard to figure out. So it's a fucking fifty-year-old white guy. What, I wonder what he likes for dessert. And and then she's like rubbing his back, and it just it's she so just, bad. She takes her one of her layers off. Yeah, right. Uh, to finally show off some cleave. Yeah, and she's just like, uh, you want to drink out of these? <laughs> William asks her to stop, and she says she he's in love with uh, Jeannie. Uh, yeah, because she's not sexy at all. William finds out Trish is in a hospital and hightails it out of there. 
Trish ends up being okay. William meets Jeannie at the ho- ho- uh, hospital. They reconcile and go back home together. <laughs> You're plowing through now. Because <laughs> this is like, this movie stinks. As Jeannie, yeah, here we go. The cutaways. Oh, I love it. Ugh. As Jeannie <laughs> is tucking in Trisha, she finds Donna in the house. Uh, Donna, Donna says Jeannie should have never come home. And uh, Jeannie is, of course, confused. Like, what the fuck are you doing in the house? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeannie asks her to leave. And Donna pulls out Aunt Grace's six shooter. <laughs> yeah. The gun. You introduced the gun in the first day. William it walks must go off they, by the third. Oh, my God. It's crazy. W- William walks in. And they have this, like, 40-minute standoff. Or what it seemed like 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. It took a long time. But it's better than a trial. Yeah. Let's watch this awesome massage, though. She's like ramming her boobs into that chair. <laughs> she always looks crazy. She always looks like no matter what she's doing. Yeah. She's like buying a toothbrush and she's just like staring at the cashier. I felt like he was kind of <laughs> into it for a little bit. He's like She's like rubbing her face on her yeah. forehead. <laughs> yeah. Want to drink out of these, buddy? Get a load. Hmm. He's like, man, maybe. No. So she has a gun. Uh, she's having basically a nervous breakdown in front of them. Uh, Jeannie goes for the gun. It goes off. Shoots William in the leg. You're not giving Jeannie enough credit here. She fucking talks her down. Like she does. Like, yeah, they're yeah, trying she's to calm like, her down. She's like, yeah. yeah, that's right. You should just go with him. It's fine. I don't mind. I know you guys are in love. <laughs> like she totally plays into it. it was great. Trish goes uh, to the parents' bedroom and calls nine one one. Donna comes at Jeannie with a knife, and Jeannie just blows her away. Yeah. Uh, as Donna slips away, she's still having a fantasy be about Bill- fantasy about being with William Costigan. Yeah. Cut to. <laughs> We get a final scene of Trish playing a piano recital at the house. Okay, so when I first saw this, okay. I thought she was playing at Donna's You thought she was going to be in the piano? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good comment. I thought she was playing at Donna's funeral. Really? Yeah. Because like, the way it's set up, it's very like quiet and weird. But you know the lifetime. They have to have the wrap-up of the happy, th- happy uh, yeah, ever after. Yeah, I know. But I was just like, oh, God, they're going to like try and make her like seem normal and like, gloss over everything that happened. Mm. I mean, there's clearly no police involved, as usual. Detective Lupo does not make a reappearance. No. Case closed. And that brings us to the end of The Perfect Neighbor. The merciful end. Woo. Yeah, that was a tough one. So on a scale of one to five sweeps weeks, <laughs> what do you give this one? Mm, I give it... Oh, this is a tough one. This this is another right down the middle for me. Like, yeah. It does all the stuff. Like it, it is a perfect lifetime movie. It really is. This uh, a bad actress is the lead role. Yeah, I th- I think that's right. Like, and not bad enough even to really be fun. Right. Like, I'm not sure this episode's any good simply because of this show. I mean, yeah. If they have a different crazy, era, she either had to be crazier, right? Like more aggressive, or or slicker, or sexier, or something. Yeah, like because that's the thing about the murdering people everywhere, and there's no follow up. Right. I want to see. I want her like Sergey. Like the same. The same problem with Sergey, right? He <laughs> he's doing stuff, and the, the cops are so dumb. And they never find. It's just like, like honestly, if Tori Spelling was in this, it would have been fine. Yeah, I could have seen as that. the neighbor. Yeah, yeah, like or, yeah, or Jenny Garth or Kelly Martin. Right, they were all too young at that point. But yeah, I, I know but you're still. like now. If they made this now, but ugh, yeah. yeah, I give this. I I it was okay, but I didn't really like it. Um, nobody was really. Like the women weren't sexy enough for me. <laughs> is that one of your requirements? It I didn't, is. I, didn't like realize the, that. I, I know it's odd five, but they're just not. I just think it's funny. That's one of the ways the, you're the, hair, the, the hair was just not there for me. Yeah, I I don't care if they're they sexy make, or not. But, but they made them look older than they are. Th- th- that's my problem. Is like if the point of the movie is to have this woman be like a seductress, 
Right. Then you have to make her seductive. Or you have to make her unattractive and crazy. And like right. crazier than she is. Right. Because she's crazy, but not in like but a... only to herself. Right. She never displays her craziness except to Aunt Grace. Yeah, you she almost, pushes down the stairs. You almost need like an in the dark level, like stalking slash. Yeah, like Jeffrey. Yeah, where he's like Jeffrey really out of it. I know. I was like, I don't know what the fuck his name was. Yeah, I. I <laughs> yeah, and that one was fine. That one was much better than yeah. this. Wait, I, I, I want to. This sounds like it could be a tagline for our show. So this is an IMDb user review by RPS Two from August thirteenth, twenty fifteen. I'm angry again. Is the title <laughs> right? Yeah, two, I understand. Two stars. Let's forget for the moment this is an absurd chick flick with a preposterous plot. Okay, well, you're watching a Lifetime movie. Right, yeah. yeah I don't think you can be and mad about that. the plot isn't preposterous. Yeah, but you can't be mad that, like, right. it's a chick flick. Like, you're watching a Lifetime movie. Right, it's... yeah. You're not watching Law & Order. <laughs> Which is kind of a trip. All right, well, whatever. Um, I might have given it a four or five, but it is yet one more in the endless stream of mediocre movies shot in Canada and financed with Canadian tax breaks that is set in the United States. Why do we not have the guts to produce can- Canadian movies set in Canada? I agree. He's so mad. And it, it, and I'm not kidding. There's probably 40 more sentences about... I mean, there's not, I mean, they say she moves from Kansas City. She could have moved to Canada. Like what? I just love that that's what he's mad about. He's like, this is a four or five, but because it's because shot in Canada... Because there's here. not Mounties walking around. <laughs> I love it so much. Is there any nation, any other nation on Earth so cinematically gutless that it does this? Why is he so mad? I don't know if any, how anyone involved, from the actors to the honey wagon driver, can take the least pride in their work. What's the honey wagon driver? I guess that's like the 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 food service. I'm oh, assuming. Okay. I, I don't actually know. That's what they call it up there. <laughs> Incidentally, guys, you failed to conceal two dead giveaway Canadian clues: the words Caribbean and schedule are pronounced the Canadian way. Yeah, no shit. They don't even try. Oh <laughs> I just love that that's what he's mad about. It has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. <sighs> but he still gets it too. Yeah. What a world. What a world. The movie's good. Yeah. But Canada gets hosed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can't argue with that. All right. Uh, so what else right. What else we got for this turd? It's time to go to Shaolin Land, <laughs> which I know you love to go to, Ken, once a year. I think the true test of this movie of how bad it is was how difficult it was for me to figure out what to do <laughs> about Celebrity Net Worth. And I went a bunch of directions, almost okay. all of them fruitless. I first tried news anchor division i was like all right mm-hmm. William costigan he wants sure. the news i was like all right there's not a lot of celebrity net worth for local news anchors like, i was like, like ernie anastas so this is what i'm gonna give you chuck scarborough okay versus ernie anastas okay that's it that's all i got they, they didn't have sue simmons they didn't have michelle marsh they didn't have bill butel none of <laughs> none of the classics were in there i was very disappointed and the ones that had it, it was like way off it was like 70 million you know, was, I, I have i gotta go ernie anastas okay that's interesting um, can I get some numbers? Oh my god, I, I oof. this is really difficult. Yeah, he's been on like thirty-five years, maybe. Yeah, Chuck Scarborough's been on since the late seventies. He's as old. He's been on since we were born. Wow, I, I believe seventy-eight was his first year on like live at five. Oh, maybe he might be worth more. Um, but I think I'll, I think Ernie Nass has been on that long too, though. So I'll go. Ugh. Like three million for Ernie Anastas, 
and two and a half for Chuck Scarborough. You're, you're really good at this. <laughs> it's very close. Uh, Chuck Scarborough, four million. Ernie Anastas, three and a half. Wow. I don't know why I thought that, but <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> um, don't don't worry. Don't get too excited now. <laughs> All right. Did one other one. I, I try. I couldn't find any others, but I thought this was funny. Uh, famous ants. So we had Aunt Grace in the movie. You didn't go to the Departed route. Hold on, we're not done yet. Oh, okay. That's the, I'm, I'm building. Oh, okay. We're fair, building fair to the Departed. Fair enough. Because I had to be the one then. Right. And it's fascinating. It is fascinating. So, two women played Aunt Viv on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah. Janet Hubert or Hubert, depending on where she's from. Okay. And Daphne Reed. Who's worth more? Which was the first aunt? You don't know. Okay. I, don't, I don't remember. So this is a coin flip. Uh, I can look though if you really want to know. I'll go. No, you don't have to. I'll go Daphne just because it's more interesting. Name. <clears throat> you want to get a number on either one? I'll go. Uh... Six hundred thousand to four hundred thousand. Oh, close. <laughs> so Daphne Reed two million. Uh, Janet Hubert five hundred k. All right. It's still in the neighborhood though. Like that's impressive. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> All right, so we interrupt as always. <laughs> Celebrity Network to play Celebrity Hike Game. This is radio station WSKEE. We're taking calls on the wish line, making your wacky wishes come true. Hello? I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I wish I had a girl who looked good. I would call her. Wish I had a rabbit and a hat with a bat. So... As you mentioned, William Costigan is the lead character in The Departed. He is. We're going to go through the stars, the male stars okay. of The Departed, mm-hmm. both net worth and height. Wow. It's going to be tough. Okay. All right. So you, you got your pen over there? All right. So I'm going to give you seven names. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to put them in order of height mm-hmm. and then put them in order mm-hmm. of wealth, okay. net worth, sure. accumulated Money. Yes. Over time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. <laughs> Matt Damon. Yep. Alec Baldwin. Mm. Jack Nicholson. Mark Wahlberg. And Martin Sheen. And I also threw in there Martin Scorsese as the director. Okay. Just to keep things interesting. So we'll we'll start with height. Um, I would say, uh, you know, we talk talk me through each one. Give me a height for each one, and then I'll okay. we'll say. Um, all right, I'll tell you right now, Leo is the tallest. Okay, I am H O. Okay, yeah, but just mark that so we remember. Okay, Wait, uh, how tall is he? Uh, six one. Okay, all right. Damon, like five nine. Okay, I could see that. Baldwin's like six foot. Okay. Jack's like five seven. Yeah, this one it was really hard. I when I saw it, I was a little surprised. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I know it's <laughs> the producer of Entourage. I'm like five six. Uh, Marty Sheen, mm. Marty Sheen, and Marty Scorsese are in here. Marty Sheen, I'll say he's like five seven and a half. Okay. All right. Scorsese's like five four. Okay. Do you want me to do the net worth next? No, let's do this first. Okay. All right. So 
from tallest to shortest. Yeah. It's a tie for number one. Okay. Leonardo DiCaprio yep. and Alec Baldwin. So right, you were right yeah. about that. They're 5'11". Wow, okay. I know. I, I thought know. Leo was a, t- a little taller. I did that. too, but the internet doesn't lie. <laughs> That's all it does. Um, number two, Matt Damon mm-hmm. at 5'10". So taller than I, I thought. I, I thought he was small. I was an inch off. No, you, you were right on with most of these. <laughs> uh, next is Jack Nicholson at 5'9". I thought he was taller than that. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> just, he just right. seems taller. Yeah. I don't know. And he goes to those Laker games, just throws off the, uh, he's around <laughs> the, basketball players. The scale. Yeah. Um, next is uh, Mark Wahlberg at 5'8". Okay. So Martin Sheen at 5'7". So you almost nailed oh, that I got one. That. Exactly. 5'7 yeah, yeah. five, five, and a half. All right. And Mark Scorsese says he is 5'3". <laughs> he is a tiny man. All right. I'm proud of myself for that. That was pretty good. All right. Now this one, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, do you want to do an individual? Yeah, individual? I think, uh, Is that easier? Yeah, yeah. That's All right. Easier. All right. So yeah. let's... Um, <sighs> Who's worth more? Uh, these are, they're all got to be crazy. <laughs> that's why it's great. Martin Scorsese or Matt Damon? Okay, wow, that's not the matchup I thought. Yeah, um, I know. This is why I, I got to keep it, fuck, keep man, you on your toes. Like, I go, Damon. Is he? Is he? <laughs> yeah, because he's complicated, right? He produces he movies. Figures? He produces movies. He. He acts in movies. He's a franchise, which is always a way to make money. I'll go ninety-five million for Matt Damon. Okay. I'll go. Who, Marty? Uh, again, I'll go like one hundred and five for Scorsese. Impressive. <laughs> you're, you're you're way off of Matt Damon, but okay. you almost nailed Scorsese. All right. Scorsese is a hundred. Okay. Damon, 170. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, this might start wow, to give you a clue where yeah. things are headed. Wow. It's crazy. All right. Marty Sheen mm-hmm. or Alec Baldwin? Okay. I think these, they're both less. <laughs> I can't look at you. I know. I'm like, I'm not going to help, obviously. I know. Um, Baldwin, 75. Marty Sheen, 80. Wow, you went high for Marty Sheen. Interesting. And I think the only, well, not the only reason, but the main reason Baldwin's higher mm-hmm. is that he's still working so much. He is. Yeah, he does a ton of shit. Yeah, and he so he just makes money on all kinds of shit. Yeah. Um, so he was at 65. Okay. So that was pretty close. And Marty Sheen, 50 million. Okay. And he's a little older. I should have, yeah, I should have. Well, but that, yeah, as we've talked about, that could break either way depending on how right. old he is. Hmm. We got three left. And I know. Three big dogs. I know. Trying to figure out how to best. Uh, we want. Let's do them together because I think that might work okay. the best. So DiCaprio, Nicholson, Wahlberg. Oh my god! Put those this in order. Is like. All right. So just using the same philosophy, Jack's a little older. Clearly, the most famous. Yeah, I mean, what do you mean by that? I mean, I feel like Leonardo old- DiCaprio is more famous than him. Like I feel like Jack walks down the street, and people are like, "Is that Jack Nicholson?" And people are like, "Fucking Leonardo," you know. I don't think everyone's see, I trying disagree. to suck his dick because I I think Jack is everybody from a ten year old to a ninety year old knows who he is. Oh, disagree. I don't think the older, I don't think a ten year old older knows that. Yeah, but the older people probably don't know who Leo is. Yes, they do. Okay, Titanic. That was twenty years ago. 
I feel like my mom would know Leonardo DiCaprio. It, but she wouldn't know who Jack Nicholson is? Well, she would, but my point is that a 10-year-old would also know Leonardo DiCaprio, whereas they would not know Jack Nicholson. Okay. Because right. he's not in anything that they would know, whereas he's at least recognizable as a star now. Okay. And they probably all know Mark Wahlberg. Yes. Uh, all right. So I'll go. See, I think Wahlberg's worth the most. Okay. I'll go two fifty for Wahlberg. Okay. I'll go two hundred for Leo. Okay. And I'll go one eighty for Jack. Okay, so this is fascinating because you're both very right and very wrong. Okay. From the bottom, Leonardo DiCaprio. I was a little surprised about that. Okay. Two forty five. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah, I think he started producing those movies like. It would not surprise me if he's probably been part of some movie that made a lot of money that he wasn't even in. Uh, next, the runner-up, Marcus Wahlberg, oh. two fifty-five. You said two fifty. That was impressive. Need one more Wahlberg because that was because that's a confusing one to do because he's involved in so many things. He produces everything. I know, and he has those fucking and Transformer movies. <laughs> yeah, like it's he I doesn't thought, make bad business decisions. I thought his number was low. I I, I will say. <laughs> 255 as well Yeah I thought he was worth more I really did But that's why you're good at this game and I'm not. <laughs> Jack Nicholson 400 million dollars He Can you believe that? Well, Cause I How assume, did he do it? I assume he's divorced at least once Oh yeah And like when When did he ever really have a payday? Like Batman Probably, but he had to get a piece of the action he because that, you forget how big that movie. No, was. you're right; it was a huge movie. But he, I remember the summer of '89. Don't tell me you about remember, it. He was being paid for all, even into the aughts. All those movies, he's getting twenty-five, thirty million. But like, what? He was. But, what was the like, end? Uh, the one with Helen Hunt was huge, but that was not a big movie. Yes, I don't, it was. I mean, it was a big movie, but I don't think he got paid a lot. I bet you he did. I bet you he had, he had a big piece of that on the back end. That movie was so popular. I know, but I just don't feel like. And then uh, he was in the one with uh, you know what was he? I mean, I'm clearly movie? wrong. Cause he's worth a fucking shit ton. The of one money. that was even a big movie uh, was the one with him and Diane Keaton. That movie made a ton of something's got to give. <laughs> um, Ladies, I'm trying to think. Of, I mean, he has. Yeah, a, I guess that's the true. Departed. Yeah, I guarantee he got it. So even if he's just banking in like twenty five, a, yeah. a pop, right. he made a ton of movies. He was working heavily up until the last ten years. Yeah, and he made money even on like Easy Rider as a producer. So That's like, and that saying. movie like, made tons of money and it cost nothing. He was just accumulating wealth. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess you remember, so. Like, he was in movies that are. But he just seems like a guy who wouldn't be able to hold on to his money. But it clearly... I, well, that's why I picked him last. Yeah, he it seemed like he lived his life and he spent a lot of money. Yeah, you know, like the hit the whole time. Right, I, I agree. He probably should be worth six hundred million. If you <laughs> think about that's, it, that's really sad. Yeah, that was good. That was a good one. Yeah, I knew that would at least make it interesting. Yeah, I knew, yeah. Wahlberg has really had a nice career. I mean. For not being besides being in Boogie Nights, he hasn't been in like great movies, really. I mean, I like his movies, but yeah, I know what you're saying though. But he's worked consistently, and he's he's picked the right movies to make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, they're not good, but they make money, right? Like the Transformers and all that right. shit. All right, can't spend another edition. <laughs> we get on our plane, lift off from Shaolin Land, back to the real world. All 
All right, so this has been another episode of the Cyberbullies, and uh, Kyle will drop in uh, what we have coming up next. We're gonna we're gonna head out on uh, Champagne Life from last week. There's a thunderstorm warning in Pasadena County. Flash flood alert, Tonka Lakes. <laughs> you were serious for a second. <laughs> no, Champagne Life is just the perfect fucking. Uh... On the next Cyber Bullies podcast, starring Bill Bixby. Well, it's certainly true that my apartment's not exactly set up for a family. D. Wallace. Oh, screaming just for the fun of it, are we? Megan follows. Somebody else's problem and not mine. And Dermot Mulroney. This is terrific for you and Vicky, and I'm glad for you, but I didn't ask for it. It's Sin of Innocence.